Are you looking for macadamia and almond nut butter and convenient on-the-go closable nut butter pouches? Then let me introduce you to Superfat. They are a certified keto and paleo line of macadamia and almond-based nut butters. They come in pouches with five different flavors, including nitro coffee MCT, MCT probiotic, and cacao coconut. Each pouch contains 50% more than other nut butter pouches, and they actually taste great. Healthy plant-based fats found in Superfat support sustained levels of energy, cognition, and mental clarity. Macadamia nuts are found in all flavors and are scientifically proven to help speed up fat metabolism. This high-density energy source will give you a boost whenever you need it. Again, it's called Superfat. Check them out at superfat.com and be sure to use the coupon code JIMMY at checkout to get 20% off of your order. Superfat. Good news, low-carb, ketogenic, real food fans. A real good foods company is now in all U.S. Walmart stores. They have enchiladas, poppers, cauliflower crust pizzas, mini pizza bites, and the chicken crust pizzas in 3,500 Walmart stores. Real Good Foods pizzas are grain-free, gluten-free, and of course, low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic. This is real food, and now it's available at your local Walmart. Get exclusive offers from Real Good Foods by texting RGF to 474747. And be sure to visit realgoodfoods.com to learn more about Real Good Foods' ketogenic line of products. Real Good Foods. Today's featured audio is from the 2019 Low Carb Cruise. Head on over to lowcarbcruiseinfo.com to get full details about the May 2020 Low Carb Cruise. Ah, uh, living la vida low carb. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados, fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the living la vida low carb show. Hey. The Living Low Carb Show.com. Woo! All right, I realize now after listening to the speakers, I'm probably going to be speaking to the choir. Yeah. You guys already know all this, but maybe it's good to have reimbursement or you can say, oh yeah, I already got that figured out. So the differences between being fit and healthy, are they the same thing? And Jimmy already asked that question. So can you tell me some people who you think of who are, are fit? Fit people. A lot of people think of Olympic athletes, uh, elite athletes. Debbie just talked, she was an elite age grouper. And uh, the people who exercise are fit. I belong to a triathlon club, and uh, I'm the president of my race team, which is something that I have too many commitments. I'm working on saying no. But that a lot of these people think that they are fit and healthy. So we're going to talk about a few profiles, uh, athletes who are fit. A, a client of mine that I had a vet, she wanted to look better. She was getting older and she wanted to have a great body. She wanted a bikini body. A lot of folks do the bikini body program. Uh, what is it? Beach body? Beach body. And so she got the, the body she wanted. Alberto Salazar, who is an elite runner, 
who ended up winning the Boston Marathon a couple times, the New York Marathon a couple times, and the broke records in everything from a 5K to a marathon distance. And then Sir Steve Redgraves, an Olympic rower from England, who brought home all kinds of medals in rowing for his country, Olympic rower. So in a little bit about me, I wanted to be fit and healthy. So I embarked on endurance sports, and I really enjoyed endurance sports. I did a lot of races, I, not near as many as uh, Debbie. Debbie's done exponentially more Ironmans than me. I did one Ironman. Uh, more is not better, though. More doesn't mean that it's a better number. So four half Ironmans, a couple ultra marathons, a few uh, marathons. So the, the definition of fit, so if you know any friends who are already lean and fit, if they're able to perform a specific task or exercise, that means that they're fit, that doesn't mean that they are necessarily healthy. It just means that there's a task that they are, have sought out and they were able to accomplish that task. If someone wants to deadlift 500 pounds and they're able to do that, they have the fitness to, to do that task. So a little bit about me, I learned how, I, like Debbie, life told me, uh, taught me some lessons. Uh, if you can't be a good example, be a horrible warning. <laughs> so, so I was a horrible warning in that the low-fat diet that was recommended to me and recommended still to many endurance athletes will not help you in your health journey. You may end up being fit, but you won't be healthy. So I'm going to talk about some of the results that some of these athletes had. Um, first, Yvette. Yvette, we worked together, and I noticed that she had hypoglycemia. She had to eat every two hours, and a lot of endurance athletes think that that is completely normal. Not only endurance athletes, just people in general. I have to regulate my blood sugar. Have you ever heard that? Like, I need to eat to regulate my blood sugar. That's something your body does on its own. If your body is not regulating its own blood sugar, you're broken. You don't need a test to tell you. If you have to eat every two hours and you get hangry, uh, you know that you're, you should know you're broken. So I said, hey, Yvette, I think you need to change your diet because you, are, uh, you have hypoglycemia. I want, why don't you try this low-carb ketogenic diet? So she tried it for a week. And she thought that this was not a good idea. She already had her bikini body. Why did she need to change her diet? So can, do you guys all remember when you first started keto? Was it an easy transition? Not, not usually. It's not a, not a transition that is, uh, doesn't have a little hiccup. So Yvette, two years later, let me know that she had cancer. We had actually, after the conversation about hypoglycemia, we stopped talking because we got in an argument about it. I said, you know, I think you don't understand how bad this is for your health. And so she called me two years later and told me, you know, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, I don't want to be right. I just don't want people to be sick. So in Alberto Salazar... He ended up having multiple heart attacks. So, you know, we can agree that he did had quite a high level of fitness, but having heart attacks, definitely we can say that that's not healthy. And then Sir Steve Redgraves, a diabetic. 
So he has an article, a story about how he ate sugar in the morning, sugar at lunch, and sugar in the evening, and he was still seeing a lot of damage. He ended up being a diabetic, and now he can't eat that way. Although he, in his article, he talks about that how he cut out the carbohydrates, a low glycemic index diet, which I think is sort of funny. He's still eating over 100 grams of carbohydrates a day, and... I think most people in this room would think, like, you know, that's not a low-carbohydrate diet. I think it's so funny when you see people say, oh, I've cut the carbs, and they're still in the hundreds numbers. That's crazy. So my health, when I was following the recommended diet for endurance athletes, I had chronic asthma. I had horrible allergies. I had injuries that would not heal. I was depressed and had anxiety and had anxiety and really the breaking point was I tore the fascia on my foot and I couldn't walk I was on crutches and then I thought you know I was told if I just exercise more and eat less and that less was a low-fat diet I was some gonna how gonna look good and a lot of people do do that and look good but that doesn't mean that they're going to be healthy and uh, so I, and I had horrible hormone issues. A friend of mine referred me to a naturopath doctor and she tested my hormones. And uh, she said, you know, I know why you feel so bad. You don't have any hormones. My estrogen levels were so low that they were not readable on the test. And my progesterone level was low and my testosterone was low. So basically I was a train wreck. So I had to go on this journey and to figure out how to heal myself. And actually at a triathlon, while I was clean, picking up all my stuff, Jimmy Moore, uh, I was talking to a girl, how I told uh, a friend of mine, that I had started looking into a low-carbohydrate diet. And she goes, oh, have you heard of Jimmy Moore? He has a podcast. And I think I listened to that podcast day and night. I mean, I, when you guys found out about keto, did you just go crazy? Like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. And it was such an eye-opener. I then did Ben Greenfield's uh, Become Superhuman program. I became a superhuman coach. Paul Check, is anybody familiar with Paul Check? So I became a Czech holistic lifestyle coach and learned that, hey, there's a different way of doing things which is sort of ironic because I have been an ace uh, fitness personal trainer and they're still, still to this day, stuck on that low-fat, high-carb diet. And it's so, it's so horrible. So I think, you know, I feel like I'm on a mission to change the conversation about what the difference is between being fit and healthy. There's different, there's definitely a better approach. And I like uh, Dr. Westman saying, like, you know, we don't have to, I don't want to play by their rules. I'm not combating them. I'm making the new normal. And I think we should be like, we're the normal ones. We're the new normal. We're not alternative, you know, the high carb is the alternative lifestyle. So health. So how do you know you're healthy? So this is a big question that a lot of people ask is uh, that you have a state of well-being. I saw, stole these from Dr. Maffetone. Is anybody familiar with Dr. Maffetone? He coaches a lot of endurance athletes, and he's like basically the father of fat adaptation. He was doing low-carb before, before low-carb was cool. So he has state of well-being. Your body works in harmony. So if you have, if you feel good, you know, 
you don't have any muscle imbalances, your hormones work well, you are in work in a state of harmony, and then you're free of disease. So anybody who has disease, I don't care what your body looks like, if you look fabulous and you have a bikini body, you have muscles here and there, but if you have asthma or allergies or diabetes or anything like that, you're not healthy. So, and then let's talk about fit, healthy but unfit. So, for those who don't know, I worked with senior citizens for a long time, and a lot of them were old enough that they still ate their traditional way of eating. I had trained some World War II vets, some Korean vets, and they still ate their bacon and eggs every morning. They'd never switched to a low-fat diet. So Jane, one of the ladies I worked with, 84 years old, she had poor balance and she was weak. She couldn't carry in her groceries. And for, if you, in case you're interested, the number one reason people enter a care center, assisted living home, is lack of leg strength. It isn't because that they have Alzheimer's or dementia or a, or a different thing. It's they're too weak to get up off the toilet and put on their clothes. So if you've ever known, if you know, there's not a lot of older, older folks in this crowd, but if you have to buy the, the seat on your toilet seat, the addition, the little cap on the seat so you don't have to sit down so far, you have problems. If you can't you know, put on your own clothes or you have to tell the grocer that, hey, please don't fill up my bags because I don't want them to be too heavy, then you are too weak. You need to be stronger. I know there's a lot of some... Carb, low carb people thinking, well, exercise is not necessary. You know, if you eat a low carbohydrate, high fat diet, and you just live your life, you're going to be strong enough for daily activities. And I don't think that that's, it may be true for some people who are active. Like if you're gardening and you're, you know, going out and doing stuff, then, and you can do daily activities fine, then you probably don't need to add additional exercise. But we live in a sedentary environment. I mean, we, a lot of us have office jobs, desk jobs, and like mm -hmm. Debbie said, we go from our house, our car, we go sit to sit to sit. So if you do that, you're, you're not sending a stimulus to your muscles to do anything, to make any changes. So you're going to end up weak, and you may end up to be 80 years old, but then you're going to not be able to wipe your own butt, and that's not going to be fun. So fitness is still important. So Jane, she had poor balance, and uh, we corrected that. She was able to carry in her own groceries. She didn't ever have to move into a care center of assisted living, and so that's why she hired me. So Anne was a, a younger lady. She was in her 50s, but she had a desk job, and she had a lot of muscle imbalances. She had shoulder pain, neck pain, and um, she was feeling weak. Just sitting in a desk shortens your hip flexors, turns off your booty muscles, so those muscle, big, big muscles in your body that help you walk up and down stairs and, and run became weak, and um, her shoulders were rounded because this is the position that we're in, typing, everything. So what we did was just correct her muscle imbalances, and she felt a lot better and was able to do more and, and was stronger. And then a kin... Ken was a World War II vet. Uh, he was in, um, actually, 
on one of the ships to took the troops to D-Day, but the troop, the era, the ship she, he was on was not on the, the really horrible beach. But Ken was just weak all over, and he wanted to continue to golf. So a lot of folks don't know, a lot of golfers tear their rotator cuff and mess up their hips because there's a lot of force in swinging that golf club. So unless you have strengthened those areas, really stretched out those pec muscles, those chest muscles, and strengthened your back, you're not going to be able to hold your body correctly to do the activities that you love. So the perfect combination is, of course, a ketogenic diet, a low-carbohydrate diet. Really, um, some people say, I have heard say, well, not everybody needs to follow a, a low-carbohydrate diet. Well, if, I think everybody at least part of the year, regardless of who you are, should spend some time in the state of low-carb or ketosis. And then exercise, I think everybody should have some sort of movement. And then, of course, I was going to update this slide to, slide to have movement patterns. I think everybody should have some sort of movement, and it just depends on what you like to do. If you're an aggressive house cleaner, you know, somebody who is obsessed with everything, including the floorboards being clean, that's probably someone who gets enough exercise. That's not me, but um, <laughs> that's not anything I had ever aspired to do. But if you're like, you know, if every weekend you're cleaning out a pantry or a closet and reorganizing it, then there's lots of planes of movement that you're moving in and you're going to be fine. But if you're not that person, if you're on the, you know, have a desk job and you don't enjoy that, you hired a house cleaner, that's why you have... You know, you got your master's degree, so you didn't have to do an, be an obsessive cleaner. So a keto nutrition, and I think everybody already knows this, but I'm going to repeat it just, you know, as like, hey, I'm on the same page. So keto nutrition is just real food. I'm not into fake um, keto food. I had a big discussion with Jackie yesterday uh, about, uh, not yesterday, the first night we were here, and we were talking about one of the companies with some famous person's name on it. I don't want to you know, bash them on the Facebook Live. But they sort of lost their way because their, their food has all kinds of fillers in it and garbage. And it's like, you know, I don't think anybody in this room probably purchases stuff from that company. But because low-carb and Atkins... <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Dr. Atkins information has become so popular that they're getting more momentum and I think that I would hope that we all focus on real food. That's just the point I'm trying to make. Um, limit the carbohydrates and the low carbohydrate diet for like the people who are watching me on Facebook live. I have a lot of uh, athlete friends. A low carbohydrate diet, if you're trying to lose weight, is less than 20 grams of carbohydrates a day. It's not less than 100. That's not low carb. Uh, and if you are already lean, I think, you know, less than 50 grams of carbohydrates a day. Some people have a higher tolerance, but, you know, some of the time should be spent low carb. And then avoiding industrial seed oils. I had a client who is very looked very good. He was already eating low carb, but he still had some problems with his blood pressure, and we eliminated the industrial seed oils. And he was telling me his daughters were making those little, dip. they have these little toy ovens, 
And he was like, well, we use soy oil in those toy ovens and uh, or vegetable oil. I'm like, oh, my gosh, don't you ever use vegetable oil. Or Does everybody know what industrial seed oils are? Everybody in here does. You guys are a smart crowd. So, Okay, industrial seed oils are any heat-processed oil that are made from seeds. And um, that's canola, sunflower, soy, um, corn oil. Grape, I don't know, grapeseed oil, I didn't know if grapeseed, I don't ever buy grapeseed oil, but it's not good, so grapeseed oil. So the oils you should stick to are animal fats, saturated fats, like lard and tallow, although I had to explain this to somebody, there, if you go to a, like the Mexican grocery stores we have in Phoenix, there is lard on the shelf and lard in the refrigerator section. Don't eat the lard on the shelf. Get the lard out of the refrigerator section. So it's, you know, there's a difference. Anything that's been processed, processed oils, um, olive oils, cold processed. I have a, a oils guide on my, my website, so if you're interested in that. But, you know, no, no seed oils. And then let's talk about exercise should be included in your life, but it should be balanced. You know, the... Debbie was talking about the Goldilocks effect. So too little exercise. So if you've had too little exercise, you can't do daily activities. You can't take care of yourself. You know, if, if you have a hard time getting out of a chair, so these chairs have armrests, if you have to use the armrest to push yourself out of the chair, you are too weak. If whenever we were going to the drill the first day we are here, and if you were worried about getting to the emergency spot with that by taking the stairs, if you felt like you wanted to take the elevator, then you probably are too weak and you need to incorporate some exercise into your life. If you're ever if you've ever seen those people who tip their legs, they have to pull their legs back underneath the chair and start doing the rocking, the momentum. That momentum is like your legs are weak. And that's you know that's, you're not on a good trajectory for longevity and good health. You may live a long time, but your quality of life is not going to be probably as good as you would like. Lethargy. If you're just tired, you're like people who don't move, it makes you groggy and tired and not feel very good. If you're fit, usually... A ketogenic diet, whenever you start losing the pounds and you're like, oh, I feel fabulous, then you want to move. If you don't feel like you want to move, but yet you are following the diet, it could be some other factors. You may need some testing. But, you know, if you start adding, you know, walking around the block, it doesn't have to start to be a lot. You know, just a little bit of exercise can help change that momentum. It also creates some um, your cells to be a little more insulin sensitive with the caveat, you're not super stressed out all the time. So, and you can't focus. So a lot of times people don't spend enough time in the fresh air and they can't focus. I'm like Debbie, being on my bike is my happy space. And it's because I'm outside in the fresh air, breathing and just enjoying my time, looking at the trees and the nature. Um, something a little bit about exercise for me, I do a lot of training with other people and I refer to it as socializing while moving forward. So that's fun. Uh, too much exercise. So this is a problem for maybe the people who are on my Facebook group who I hope that they, they, they see this, is 
Poor recovery. So this is something that Debbie experienced and I experienced whenever I was in the middle of training for all those events. I never bounced back. Poor sleep. Your circadian rhythms mess up. You have a hard time. You have cortisol regulation issues. It's a the cycle. You know that you have a problem if you have a hard time waking up in the morning and then you're groggy during the day. And then you're about like, you know, a little, you have your caffeine and then in the afternoon, early afternoon, you wake up and you're super, you perk up and then you feel like you want to have a nap in the afternoon and then right when the sun comes down, goes down, then you're like wide awake. So that means that you have some cortisol issues. So poor sleep. And another thing is you're just not functional. You're fuzzy headed and you're feeling, um, you're not able to hit certain numbers when it comes to speed or power or training that you're not able to really reach your goals. So somebody who's training for an event and they have a, a six-hour run, but they're, they go out and they can't even do a mile. They're probably overtrained. If you're a fan of fat, then you need to try the F-Bombs. Go to JimmyLovesFBomb.com, enter the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb, and you'll get 20% off of your first order. So what are these F-Bombs? They are nut butters, and they have incredible combinations of coconut and macadamia nut, macadamia nut butter, and my favorite is salted chocolate macadamia nut butter. They also have several oil blends, including the house blend, the MCT oil, as well as coconut oil. If you want your fat on the go, then you need to check out JimmyLovesFBomb.com. And once again, use the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb. You'll get 20% off your first order. JimmyLovesFBomb.com. So the just right amount of exercises, you just feel good. You feel good most all of the time. You sleep well. You're able to fall asleep easily, you stay asleep, and then you wake up refreshed. And then you're just able to navigate life well. You're able to do the activities that you enjoy to do, you enjoy doing. So I want to ask you, do you want to be fit and healthy? So um, I'm going to give you examples of some of my clients who I worked with who are fit and, and healthy. So Abby... When she came to me, she was still um, recovering from a few uh, hormone issues, and she was working with a functional medicine doctor, and she was like, I don't know if I should start training, but I feel like I want to move. She was starting to get better. So I said, we're going to make sure that you have a good foundation of fitness. So we worked together. Her hormones continued to improve. And she won, ended up winning her age group at the race she did. It was a smaller race, but she felt great. And her health improved continually while she was training. And then Sunday Rogers. Sunday is a really nice super girl who had been suffering from anorexia. And she had become obsessed with unhealthy exercise, excessive exercise, and her nutrition was pretty poor. So we, we put her on, of course, still a low-carbohydrate diet, um, a little more protein. She ended up getting stronger. She started um, training. She ran three half marathons. She looked fabulous. 
her hormones were in good shape and she felt really good. So, and that's because we, we don't do a lot of the marathon training where people, so has, who in here has ever run at least a 5k or run at all? So a lot of times people start out and this is how people train. I'm going to go and run as fast as I can until I have to walk. And I'm going to walk, and then I'm going to start running again when I recover a little bit, and then walk. The run, walk, run, walk. But they're not ever looking at their heart rate. And I am a big believer in Dr. Baffetone's Maffetone Method, Maximum Aerobic Function. And you really should let your heart rate dictate about how fast you can go. And that's usually, if you're new to running, it's 180 minus your age, minus 5 to 10. So that's a very low heart rate, and you may only be able to walk, but that's what you should be doing. You should never train harder than what your heart is ready to do. So that's the Sunday. When she started training, she was very upset that I was not going to let her run when she started training. I'm like, Sunday, you have to have an aerobic base before you can start running. And eventually what happens is you continually get faster and faster at that same heart rate. And then we do bump it up a little as your fitness improves to 180 minus your age. And she was able to run the whole half marathon at the heart rate that she was like four months earlier that uh, she was walking. So you shouldn't ever work train past what your heart rate level dictates. And then Ben, oh, that's not a picture of Ben. I didn't change that name. That's my client, Derek. So Derek is a cyclist, and he wanted to ride in the Pyrenees. And he was, uh, uh, so I, the Pyrenees, he was a little uh, heavy. He wanted to lose some weight, but he also wanted to do really well. He actually, um, his brother was a cyclist, and he wanted to sort of, you know, beat his brother. I don't know if his brother wasn't doing his Pyrenees, but he wanted to have a really strong performance. And what happened, we, of course, followed the Maffetone heart rate. Um, we did some high, after his base was built, some high-intensity intervals, and we sort of matched his course in the Pyrenees. And he got to the Pyrenees, and there were a lot of people who were still following those uh, low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet, and they thought Derek was crazy. And he ended up getting there. He was flying from Brazil to France. And he goes, Stephanie, I don't feel very good. I feel like I'm sick. And I'm like, well, it might be jet lag. That's a long way to go. Just take it easy the first day and stick to your program, stick to your nutrition, your diet. And uh, people were, it's uh, seven days riding in the Pyrenees. So the first day he go, he was dragging a little bit. I said, don't worry. Keto adapted, fat adapted athletes improve as they continue on. And he ended up each day improving, and the last day he finished first. So it's like you, a lot of folks, I've heard a lot of people in the keto community talk about endurance sports are bad for you. They're not good for you. They're not healthy. And the problem is people train wrong for them. It's not that the sports are bad. It's just the way they're training, and then they're not addressing lifestyle factors. So the... The way you train matters as much as what you're eating and your lifestyle factors, how you sleep. So it's never too late to get in shape. For uh, Does anybody know who this is? Do uh, Dr. Charles Uxter, Uxter? Yes. You're from England? Or, 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 yes, I found him on the internet. Uh, yes. So he did finally, not finally, 
He passed away at 98, but he started running. <laughs> Not finally, but he started running in his. I believe that it was in his 70s. He was 89 when he started the bodybuilding. Right. Well, he started bodybuilding, but he was, he decided he was retired and bored and he was like, I decided I wanted to get in shape. So he did do some bodybuilding, but he ran a lot. He has a lot of medals, broke a lot of world records for his age and running. He said like at 93 years old, a beach, a beach body at 90 is no longer a dream. So there's never at any point in your life that you can't take up fitness. Uh, Charles also ate mostly a meat diet. He ate very high fat, very um, mod, you know, moderate protein. He ate the ketogenic diet, and he said, you know, vegetables are, you know, you don't need them. You don't need them. <laughs> so. so I'm going to ask you, how do you want to live your life? What do you want to be doing? What fun things do you want to do? So it's your choice. Do you want to live like being infirmed and uh, somebody taking care of you, which is no fun? Or do you want to go, you know, hiking with your friends and enjoying life? So let me ask you, what fun things do you like to do that you feel like, you know, as a, like the non-scale victories that you're able to do since you are, have adopted a ketogenic diet? So has anybody taken up a new sport, a new activity since you started keto? Swimming. Swimming? That's an awesome one. For I. I did a zipline, like 2,400 feet in the air. Oh, that's awesome. I started walking and started doing yoga because uh, two years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, RLS and another disease that had pronounced in my legs. And I really, when you said about the bathroom, I could not get off the toilet seat. And so I joined yoga, and today I don't need a railing over it all off the toilet Oh, yay! That's awesome! <laughs> so, anyone else? Powerlifting? Awesome! Oh, awesome! Right, and it doesn't matter what your idea of fitness is. You, you like swimming. I do not like swimming, which is ironic since I've done so many triathlons. It's proof that you don't have to be a good swimmer to do an Ironman. But so that's awesome. And anyone else? Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> that's, oh, that's awesome! I don't know. I think it might be good to do it when your kids are around. So, <laughs> so anyone else? I'm not taking the elevator here on the cruise. I'm doing the steps. I've only been on it once. Oh, great! <laughs> yes, Debbie and I have been doing the same thing. Although I had to take the, my shoes off the other day because I, I had to wear the you know the heels. Yes? Bike riding. Bike riding, awesome. That's huge to get on a bike after all this. Isn't bike riding, like, well, I am a little addicted to cycling, but I think it's the most fun and empowering thing because you are so free and you can go so far with powered by your own body. So do you ride with a group or do you ride on your own? That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, just in my neighborhood, with my husband, we 
Oh, awesome. Congratulations. That's great. So I think, you know, I, one of the reasons why I wanted to give this talk be the differences between being fit and healthy. For one, I knew where I was going to put it on Facebook Live, and I have a lot of endurance athlete friends who think that they're healthy just because they're thin. And, you know, I say things and I don't feel like I ever get through to them. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> maybe, you know, so, showing an example of like, hey, just because you look good, and maybe there's people in your lives that you know, just because they look good doesn't mean they're okay. It doesn't mean that they're going to be healthy. That doesn't mean they are healthy. And it will come back to them in, in not a positive way. And then I saw the other, you know, other extreme is the fact that there are a lot of people who are eating a ketogenic diet. And then they are, they, their health has improved dramatically, which is awesome. But if you're not moving, then you need to do something so you can enjoy those years that you've had left. Because a low-carbohydrate diet and a, you know, managing your stress and getting your sleep will prolong your life. You're, we're going to live longer because we follow this optimal way of eating. But if we are not taking care of ourselves completely, wholly, we're not going to have that quality of life that we probably would have imagined without changing our um, diet. I think it's a sort of a natural progression to want to start moving, but some people are like, oh, I didn't really you know, think about that. Some people just don't want to. So just doing some things to help you uh, stay fit and healthy. So and then if you haven't started doing something, maybe it's a good time to pick a goal of something to do. I really like training for events because, for one, I like socializing while moving forward, and I like training with a group. It's fun for me. And uh, this is a picture of Machu Picchu. So I, my mom wants to go to Machu Picchu, so I thought that was, like, fun. So if you have a trip that you want to go on or travel, like, what are your plans? So I think I... Getting a little ahead of myself. So what do you want to be? Do you want to be fit? Do you want to be healthy or um, both? What I am doing is uh, actually I have a group that we're training for the Las Vegas half. Well, it's a 5K, 10K, half or full marathon. And we have a lot of keto people who are going to join us for the group. If you're interested in being on my email list and join the group, you don't. I do have some coaching programs with it, but I don't, you don't have to do the coaching part. So if you're interested in information about being fit and healthy and nutrition for endurance coaching and fat burning, fat adaptation, then just go to www.crushit.training.com or there's no.com. Don't go to .com. <laughs> so it's a crushit.training. Does anybody have any questions? Questions? Yeah. Are fat people always unhealthy? No. You can, well, look at me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not spelt, but I am fit and healthy now. But no, there's nothing wrong. I, and I meant to include that in my slide 
being fit and healthy has nothing to do with your body weight. So being able to do daily activities and and feeling good, that's healthy. Being fit is, or being fit is doing that activities. If your body functions properly, then you're fit and healthy. It doesn't mean you're fat or thin. There are lots of thin thin people who are both. There's lots of heavier people who are both. I mean, Jimmy Moore is not on any medication. You're able to do daily activities. You feel good. I, I'm guessing. I'm assuming. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing. Although, I, you know, Jimmy has talked a lot about stress. He probably, he's a total type A personality. And I think I have benefited from your aggressive podcasting through the years. And I think it's awesome. But, you know, you can be heavy and healthy. You can be thin and healthy. The, the weight is not what I'm talking about. Does that answer your question? I'm very glad he asked that question because I have a friend who's uh, substantially overweight. And she puts me to shame when it comes to the yoga stuff that we're doing together. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she can stretch it out. <laughs> <laughs> All these yoga lovers, that's something I absolutely don't like at all. <laughs> it's because I am not naturally flexible, and apparently I don't want to be. <laughs> oh, and hello? If you're not biking, you really should be. Yes, if you, it definitely cycling helps get through those glycogen sores, and it's easy on your joints. <laughs> yes, yes, cycling puts you in your happy place. It definitely. I mean, I'm not trying to push people to go into cycling, but I can tell you it's. <laughs> but you can. <laughs> Does anybody have any other questions? Questions? Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados, fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show.com. Disc of Light. <laughs>